we join now by Narina Fisser, strategist and advisor at ETFSA. Good morning, Narina. Good morning, Sakina. Good morning, all the listeners. So, uh, in the latest round of ratings news, S&P downgraded uh, major South African banks yesterday. Uh, Moody's have put the uh, same banks as well as several parastatals and corporates also on a downgrade review. And this has put further pressure, one would imagine, on the banking sector. And Mm. why are they specifically so affected by this? So, so yes, the banking sector, and I'm now talking about the bank index on the JSE, has declined by um, just over around about 12% over the last week or so, and, and yesterday it fell by a further 2.4% yesterday. So they're clearly showing that this is the sector that is taking some of the biggest um, brunt sort of of the of the outfall of the credit rating downgrade that we saw. Um, one of the main reasons is that banks and and other companies in a country cannot be rated higher than the sovereign or the government in that in that country. So when the sovereign debt or the government debt is downgraded, it almost becomes a, a, a necessity that the same ratings agency would also downgrade the banks. And, and other large companies in the country. But I think there's more to it than, than just the, um, the automatic downgrading of the banks because typically banks would hold a large amount of government bonds as part of the um, of their assets that they hold. And uh, certainly this could result in a potential weakening of the credit profile of the bank. But it also talks to um, the, the exposure that the banks have to the South African economy, and obviously as the consumer comes under pressure, that also will filter through in terms of the health of the banking sector. So um, what we're finding is that the ratings for both the local and foreign denominated debt of the banks is currently under pressure, um, and certainly uh, you know, the, the, the turmoil that we see at the moment also affects um, investor confidence that is already very fragile, so really making it quite difficult for banks and others to actually further extend funding that they might require. This drives funding costs even higher and therefore it does bring um, quite a bit of pressure to banks' balance sheets in the way that they, they operate. Um, we also saw yesterday, of course, uh, the confirmation of the resignation of Lindsay Fazili, the current DG of Treasury, and, and this loss of institutional memory um, at Treasury is, is certainly also a major knock for investor confidence. Um, so yes, other companies as well, not just the banks, companies like Sassel, Gravepoint Properties, Bidvest, Transnet, so Parastatals as well, have also been put on, on review. But I think having said that, it's very important to note that, that South African banks are incredibly financially sound and they're very well positioned to weather this storm. You know, they've always been conserv- um, managed on a very conservative basis. We saw this certainly back in 2008 with the global financial crisis, that certainly the way in which our banks have been managed has really sort of served us very, very well, and I certainly don't foresee any crises at this stage, but it does point to exactly where um, the pressure in the economy and in, in our markets will come from. And um, a bit difficult to get away uh, from this topic of credit ratings downgrades, given everything that's going on, Narina. Uh, yesterday, there were a number of economic data releases uh, that give a better insight into the state of the South African economy. But let's start by uh, taking a look at the Business Confidence Index and what that told us. 
So yes, I quite like the quote from the Mail and Guardian this morning. We referred to this as credit rating downgrades are like a medical report showing defects in the vital organs in the body while the patient is still alive and can do something about them, albeit requiring uncomfortable surgical procedures and a strong dose of medication. So I thought that was quite a good way of, of explaining what we're seeing here. So yes, um, the Business Confidence Index published by SACI um, after a three-month improvement. Um, we, we saw for the first time that in March the Business Confidence Index has pulled back. So it fell from um, 95.5 in February to a level of just 93.8 in March. And this is the first time since November last year that it has declined on a year-on-year basis. So we've certainly seen in recent times an improvement in this index only now in March for this to deteriorate quite sharply again. Um, and I think what is important to see here to, to, to remember is that this business confidence index is actually a composite index that is made up of more than a dozen sub-indices. So this is something that is a calculation. It's not the result of a survey that tests you know, sort of business people's perceptions or their feelings or, or, or anything like that. So it's quite a clinical way of doing this diagnostic test on the economy. It really measures what is going on in, in the economy. And, I mean, some of these sub-indices include things like exports and imports, vehicle sales, retail sales, financing costs, precious metal prices, the land exchange rate, these sort of things. So it's a very quick way for us to get a sense of where things are changing in the general business environment. And, for example, Saki, as part of their um, uh, news release yesterday, said that just to show the impact of the most recent events, if the RAND continues at the current exchange rate level where it is, in April this business confidence index would shed another 0.6 index points. So although it has already reacted to some of what we've seen happening over the last couple of weeks, the full extent of it hasn't really been filtered through, and I think we can certainly expect this index to deteriorate further when they release the April figures early in May. Well, Narina, just a quick one then. By contrast, a different picture emerging from the Purchasing Managers Index, uh, which expanded for the seventh straight month. So why the difference between these two indicators? Yeah, important to highlight those differences because the purchasing manager in this, by contrast, is actually based on a survey. So this does actually talk to business people. This does talk to what are they ordering for their factories, what are they what are they experiencing, and we've seen seven months, as you say, of, of private sector activity growing, and this one, of course, will take a bit longer to show the impact that the recent events have had on this. So I think very much, as much as we expect the, the, the business confidence index to detail, for April, I think we will see this even more sharply in, in the purchasing manager index when they do their next survey and these results are released early in May. Well, Narina, let's leave it there for this morning. Thanks so much. Narina Fisser, strategist and advisor at ETFSA.